Hello, thank you for joining us here on the Progressive Patriots podcast. This is the latter half of our most recent release. This is the 4.2 to the previous 4.1. So we're going to start really quick right into the Georgia electoral map. electoral map in Georgia. This one, so this is going to affect the 2024 campaign. Federal judge, Mr. Steve Jones, he orders a redistricting uh, ruling that the current map disenfranchises black voters. He also uh, ordered the redrawing of the state legislature, both houses. Those maps have to be redrawn as well, which I commented with how sweet it is. (laughs) Yes. Good job, Mr. Jones. Uh, pointedly noting, over the last decade, the state's population population growth was mostly entirely attributable to non-white residents. The political process is not equally open to black voters. Wise words. If only we had more of you. It, that, there was that uh, <clears throat> that case that one of the common defense members was... Alabama. Off, right? Yeah. Oh, that was Alabama. Okay. Yeah. And... In this, like, pretty much the exact same situation, South Carolina's was just upheld because of the federal judge that it went to. Yeah, so what's what's cool about those cases, too, is uh, they're not happening in a way that's completely siloed from one another. Oh, that's Like, good. As, as, as one of them uh, makes its way through appellate courts and becomes, like, the highest, or, or even state uh, Supreme Courts, and becomes, precedent. like, the highest precedent in a particular jurisdiction, as that becomes a legal question in other jurisdictions where it's being challenged, those arguments that are being won in other states uh, can get cited and can support those battles being fought uh, in those cases and can eventually lead to, you know, federal precedent that hopefully will do a better job of uh, protecting states from racial gerrymandering and other types of gerrymandering, too. Um, speaking still on Georgia, this is regarding Mr. Trump's uh, subversion trial. Oh, where's my stuff? Okay, so we've got a little bit of polling data because I think it's always fun. Right, so Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, and Ken... Is it Chesbro or Cheesebro? I'm saying Cheesebro. It's too funny. Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, and Kenneth Cheesebro, they've all pleaded guilty, so they're, they're probably more than likely... Uh, cooperating with the prosecution so the polling question does this hurt or help trump in his case uh, against or in georgia now the numbers i included independent self-identified independence this time so the these the these plea these um these people pleading out of um out of court uh, out of trial it helps him oh i got these backwards um, it hurts him, excuse me, is uh, 326593. That's Republican, Independent, and Democrat. It helps him is 25.8-2. Nothing, doesn't do anything, is 26.19-5. Hmm. Yeah, honestly, it's, it's wild to me that there is public opinion polling on stuff like this. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's interesting to see, like, what delusions about the legal system that people hold across partisan lines but like i don't know having your co-conspirators plead guilty to the same crime you're <laughs> accused of 
several of which like were your actual legal counsel counsel and were on your retainer yep. and and stood next to you at multiple press conferences that took place live like i don't know i can't imagine a world where that helps you obviously like we'll we'll see what actually happens uh on the off chance <clears throat> that it does go to trial um but i mean trump can also be offered uh, a plea deal good um i don't think that any of the uh plea deals that i've seen have been particularly punishing especially no. considering like how damaging uh, the actual activity was, is, and continues to be. Like Jenna Ellis uh, and Sidney Powell, I haven't seen Kenneth Cheesebros. I don't, I don't have either of them in front of me. But uh, when I heard about each of them, they struck me as like really, really kind of light. a slap on the wrists, wrists. Honestly, yeah. I expect this is just me speculating. I don't know if this is true or not. But my thinking is that the information they were able to provide was so effective or would be so effective that, well, okay, we'll, uh, we'll let you off easy since you gave it up. Just my thing. Yeah. And that, that would be the, that would be the hope I think for those yeah. of us that, uh, you know, really want to see justice done rule of and, law and want... actually apply. Yeah. And, and you know, within <clears throat> the way our system is set up, uh, if you want to get a witness, that close to the case, um, they have to have some kind of incentive because no matter what they do, like their their access to Trump world is now burned forever. Like they are always going to be pariahs, overlooking, uh, over, always looking over their shoulder because those yeah, those mega people are crazy. The yeah. legal system within the political world, with it, like what can you even do after that? Like imagine, I can't imagine being them, and then Trump somehow gets back in office. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they would, they would, they'd have to like be calculating like yeah, there, there's no way he'll become president again because if he ever did, they'd be screwed. Well, I mean, game it out. Like, what 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 do you what do you guys do if you're in Jenna Ellis's seat? Assuming you've already made like the tremendous uh, moral misjudgment and I would say tactical miscalculation uh, that you should lie for the former president to try and help him steal an election you know she took a huge risk in doing that and uh her guy lost and now she's left holding the bag and has to decide okay uh, is my goal going to be to stay out of prison or spend as little time in prison as humanly possible and then like bryson said always be looking over looking over my shoulder um like I don't, I don't know how you move forward from that. Like, how do you find, how do you find a job? How do you find safety? So based Crazy. on you saying that, she, like, she made a tact, uh, she made a tactical decision and it went route, it went wrong for her. So this was actually the statement that she read to the, like, as she was given her non-punishment. Uh, she said, "I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information." If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I don't think I believe her. I, I feel like if, I, I feel like you can't, it's all just like, yeah, I just trusted him. The yeah, speculation well, is that- I just, I just took their word. <laughs> the speculation is that she took uh, Rudy Giuliani at his word, that he's the the lawyer being meant, uh, referenced in, with the many more years of experience. 
but there's yeah, a... and I mean that that tracks. But the thing the thing about being in like a credentialed profession, <clears throat> if you if you go through all of the work of getting your way through law school, and then you study enough to sit for the bar and pass it, and you take the uh, you get through. Uh, all of the ethics exams and all that shit, like you cannot sit there in good conscience and say, oops, I didn't know. Yeah, oopsie poopsie. I forgot. I didn't double check. uh, I forgot when I went through these years and years of rigorous, expensive education that heavily emphasizes the importance of like uh, my professional conduct and like the, the value of truth and justice and all of these all of these things that get uh, that get battled over in court. Like, I don't really have any sympathy for somebody who, in my view, uh, very cynically and opportunistically, compromises that integrity because they think that they'll win the day p- politically. You know, I I really I don't have a lot. Of, I on the one hand, I appreciate that instead of just doubling down like Mike Flynn style or Mike Lindell style for that matter uh, on this delusion and just accepting that from here on out, you know, I I think those people have accepted from here on out, like my world is only going to consist of people who have been, who have like basically uh, alienated themselves from their families and from society and from just like the normal world to indulge in these conspiracy theories and just live in, in that weird little cult. Like I'm glad for her that she at least is well advised enough or had enough backbone to pull herself out of that. But yeah, my, my compassion for her on a human level doesn't go that much further. Yeah. That I, uh, I voted in the poll for that one and I, specifically selected no i don't believe her she knew what she was doing and she could have should have probably did check and might be saying she didn't i other i either way i don't believe her anyway she's i don't believe that she has any any integrity left like you mentioned this next thing is police reform it was Unfortunately, it was last month, uh, a young man was shot by the police. Um, his name was Eddie Irizari. And the before the appeal, the, the first judge that heard the case dismissed all the charges on the police officer that killed him. And the appeal came through um, on the 25th and the appellate judge reinstated murder charges for the for the officer in question but there's a lot more to this and i want to that uh eddie deserves his time i'm not gonna just breeze through his situation yeah agreed so, fuck that, that, now I, I feel the same way about the the main the shooting in maine that was what was that today last night so i think i mean really it's been ongoing for a couple days now I, the last that i heard they had not yet apprehended the suspect is that still accurate yeah, that's the last that I had seen, too, is that they're still... They released all the... Like, the state ended their shelter-in-place, you know, sort of, like, stay-at-home or stay-indoors rules, but... They do know quite a bit more about the suspect now, though. I don't know if you wanted to discuss that some. I am, I don't want to use his name because he's a piece of shit and doesn't deserve his name spoken anymore. I just know that he was in the Army Reserves, and his uh, command came out with... 
in the entire time he's been in the army, he has never been to combat. He's never been on a combat deployment or anything. So I think they're trying to get the like the military guy with PTSD snaps and goes crazy. They're trying to get that out of the way quickly, which is great. Smart. Uh, so, 18 dead. That was the count I saw last. 18 dead. Um, 13 wounded. If I'm not mistaken, three of them died later of their wounds. Um, so, uh, President Biden called for uh, for Congress to ban high-capacity magazines, as well as, I think he also called for assault rifles, or assault weapons, I guess, to for a ban on that also. I believe there's a Republican congressman that represents this this part of his district is where the shootings took place and some of so some of his constituents are dead and he said I, I think he said publicly that he has had like a moral shift and wants to do the assault rifle ban or that he would support oh. one and surprising like this is what it took they had to die in your fucking backyard couldn't see children dead on the news that wasn't enough yeah i mean we live in a country that has more firearms than human beings <laughs> so like a part of me is like yeah that's something that we have to do is really get like a grip on the flow of firearms into communities but another part of me also recognizes that the firearms that are already in the communities are not like we're not talking about bananas right it's not like they go away after being out 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 there for a week like they can stay there for right. decades decades and decades and still be operable uh and the fact is is we pass these we pass these bands and and we ought to we got to have a step two and a step three and a step four and part of my concern is when we make the whole discussion about uh, banning this particular type of instrument, this particular type of weapon, this particular characteristic of a weapon or particular, uh, what do you call it, uh, accessory Bump for a weapon. Yeah, we, we create what, what I, my concern is that we create an engineering problem for bad actors to overcome. That's really all mm -hmm. we're doing though. We're not, we're not addressing root problems we're addressing a very very pressing uh second secondary problem which is uh the the outflow into the communities so uh i think a a sometimes apt analogy is like the oil spill analogy right in order to deal with the cleanup yes you do first need to stop uh stop the oil from pumping into the bay <laughs> yeah right and it doesn't make sense for you to come out into the bay and start sopping it up with sponges while it's still still pouring out there's like there's an order of operations to it i get that i would like to see more clear and concise leadership addressing the causes that are are pushing frankly like overwhelmingly uh disaffected impoverished white man largely out into our communities uh, and feeling like they have no other recourse uh, other than to act out so violently. You know, these are these are miserable people who are uh, they don't they're they feel completely disenfranchised in society. They feel like they don't have a voice. And uh, oftentimes you read these guys like manifestos and shit, 
and they are just like the most deluded, depressing screams into the void of these guys who have no community. They don't see uh, they don't see any way forward for them in society. You know, whether they're coming from like the incel background or they're coming from like the white supremacist background or, you know, in, in the case of this guy, there's been pretty rampant, you know, uh, cyber sleuthing going into all of his Twitter likes and shit uh, about him buying into like the uh, transgenocide conspiracies uh and and just like all sorts of just like really sad conspiratorial brainworms bullshit so i one thing that i come come back to oftentimes is this idea that you know these crazy conspiracy theories that guys like trump and all of his ilk in trump world are are propagating constantly is stochastic terrorism they they are the people that are putting this vile garbage out into the world that people who uh, are already marginalized in society and already haven't had access to the, the tools and resources and things that would uh, make, make them able to resist <laughs> and, and question that type of uh, propaganda and conspiratorial yeah. nonsense. I'm, I'm not going to mourn this guy and treat him like some kind of poor victim, certainly not while there are, are families that have not even yet had the opportunity to lay their victims to rest um but i i i really don't see the issue um being as cut and dry as you know we get an assault rifle ban across the line and then we go back to 1990s gun violence numbers i don't think that's what's going to happen um i would love i would love for that to happen um but the thing is is it's not like we can uncrack that egg like a exponential number of firearms have ended up on the street since then so i don't know i tried try to hold out hope i, I would love for, for for one of you guys to make me feel better about it <laughs> i don't know if i'm offering hope here but you mentioned something about if we ban particular accessories then we're just creating engineering problems for you know people who want those things to do to have have those capabilities that's what the bump stock was that was supposed to be a way to get around automatic weapon bans. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what bump yeah. stocks were. And then you just ban bump stocks, they're just going to figure out another way to do it. Exactly. It's tough for me because I love guns. You know? I do too. I, I grew up with guns. I literally, first thing my dad did, I was like, I would have been early elementary school. He took me out, taught me gun safety, and then that was it you know like as long as i was able to safely handle guns respect the shoot. thing that you're exactly handling. yeah it's, it's it's a tool it is that, that it's a dangerous just like you tool. would put on safety gear and be careful with a a, a skill saw um you, it's the same thing um but at the same time like people were going out and using reciprocating saws to murder hundreds of people i'd be like you know what maybe i don't really need a reciprocating, uh, reciprocating yeah. <laughs> oh my god um, absolutely but I, but for me like if all of these individuals and I'm, i know this doesn't work for everyone but if all of them had access to mental health care that's even, actually even... something to bring up about him is that he had been um in the summer he was committed to a psychiatric hospital for two weeks before he was released and he had been saying to people around him that he was hearing voices not sure 
you know, what the case is there. And it's easier to get your hands on an AR-15 in this country. And sadly, fucking cheaper uh, than it is to get, like, continuity of care. And, and even even in these institutions like the VA, where any, any of us three, uh, oh, regardless of disability pain. rating, regardless of discharge status, anything, uh, can at least go to the VA and request an appointment. It can, and uh, in most states, will be months before you actually get seen. Uh, and then from there, you know, you are only going to get out of it what you still have, like the wherewithal and uh, support structure to actually access. That's what So my... maybe you'll get an appointment on the books, but that doesn't mean that you're going to also have a roof over your head and also have three square meals a day and also have uh transportation and also have internet access and also have your cell phone bill paid and all of these other shit that make people's lives very difficult and miserable that's what i'm saying is like a lot of this stuff becomes externalities of poverty mm -hmm. that is being enforced by fucking white supremacist patriarchal capitalism like so you can ban the weapon but you're already in a really sick system that's producing a lot of sick people so something that i hear a lot is the tool argument it's a tool it's just a tool like you, you don't like a carpenter you don't blame the hammer uh you blame the carpenter or whatever so my thinking to that is always like people something that people say is like well you, are we gonna ban cars because you could just drive a car into a crowd like well here's the thing it's like you have to like demonstrate some competency to be licensed to operate one you, yeah. ha you have to have insurance oh, yeah. in Absolutely. case that you fuck things up. Someone Absolutely. is going to be on the hook to pay for it. Someone's going to be able to pay for it. And same thing with, like, carpentry tools. Like, a hammer or even, like, different types of woodworking saws, they're not made to kill people with. They can. They can very easily be used for that purpose, but that's not what they're for. Firearms, on the other hand, they are explicitly made to kill or maim things as grievously as possible. That's to me where the fundamental difference is. Um, it yeah. is a tool. I love guns. I didn't grow up with them, actually. The first time I ever held a gun was when I went to boot camp. I had never held one before. But from that point, like once I started, once these, I started learning how to use it, I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty fun. I like this as like a skill, as a competitive skill. Just competitive shooting is really fun for me. But nonetheless, even the one gun that I do own is always. Uh, like triple locked for whatever i don't know what i don't even have kids or anything that even visit me let alone kids of my own uh i don't know that t the tool argument is always difficult for me to get my head around just because yeah, I, of I, the I, intent i wasn't trying to make no no that, i'm not like uh, the argument i'm uh, not saying that to you it's just yeah. that's an argument that i've had a lot with other oh, yeah. people who say oh it's just a tool you wouldn't ban cars like well that's not what cars are for they're not meant to be driven into a crowd but but if, if we... everyone was driving you know their their giant 350 f350s <laughs> through super like, jet protest, right you know we might be like hey maybe we shouldn't be giving people <laughs> maybe we shouldn't be jacking these trucks up anymore and yeah. so the same response that i that i have given to people who try to make uh they try to equate it to car to a car is okay then let's treat it like it's a car then it's, it's just a tool, right? Okay, then. You have to demonstrate competency at least once every couple of years. You have to have insurance so that if you're an asshole, 
something uh it things will be taken care of because you're an asshole and like you have to continue demonstrating competency with it you have to take care of it so okay let's have uh let's have some licensure is that what we're talking about we want to make them like cars right uh usaa if you're listening i would love to uh purchase gun insurance from you someday <laughs> uh, it would be an honor i know you're gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be great <laughs> Which brings us to our sponsorships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I maybe we're all, all uh, preaching to the choir here, but yeah. I, I could not agree more. I mean, I, I think back often to, you know, the, the level of uh, intimacy that I had to have with my M16. This is my in basic training. Before I like could it. even... <laughs> Before I could even, you know, uh, put so much as a blank round into it. Yep. Uh, I I would not say that I love guns. I didn't grow up with a ton of access or exposure to them. Um, I got good at them being on active duty for right. eight years, being an NCO, uh, being a marksmanship instructor, being a range safety, being all these, all these things that you have to do, all these hats that you have to wear, just being a good NCO uh, after years of practicing uh eventually i was pretty consistently getting my expert badge on range day uh i had fun getting my hands on 50 cals and <sighs> mark 19s yep. uh 249s 240s you know lots of big machines that a lot of uh gun nuts like absolutely salivate over they fucking cream um, themselves over it <laughs> yeah but but have very very little practical knowledge of or respect for uh what those things do mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't think that they uh, you know i i think that they get so much of this kind of like uh military propaganda through all of these yeah. fun and enjoyable sources whether it's uh film or video games or what have you uh to get this idea that you know these these weapons are just these you know cool noisy things that make big explosions that you know you can throw around and keep three of them in your backpack while you're picking up grenades and doing all sorts of cool shit like the reality is uh is you know these are extremely destructive devices yep. and you know when auto manufacturers for example uh make their entire business or even going back further than that, when when railroads really became kind of like uh, huge drivers of commerce in the United States, it completely reshaped civil liability in, in American jurisprudence because like it changed the game. It changed the risks that were associated with being in uh, engaging in commerce in our country. You know, um, it, it made it uh, riskier for people to travel all over the place. And so they had to make some hard and fast decisions and really figure out like, all right, well, to what extent uh, are we as reasonable people just accepting some risk being in society? Um, and to what extent do the beneficiaries of these consumer products uh, bear some of the responsibility for that? Because they get the profit. You know, they get every every dime of your firearm purchase outside of, you know, whatever goes to the um, retailer and the logistics to get it to that point. You know, they, they're getting all of the money, but they're not getting all of the cost. A lot of the cost is, is being borne by the communities that are having to bury their young 
and uh, you know the municipalities that have to turn uh, elementary schools into tactical, Prisons. tactically hardened sites that you know have roving security and reinforced bulletproof glass and all all sorts of other crazy shit. Like if that is the cost of of uh, of being in a society that is armed to the extent that we are with as little uh, training and safety precautions as we have, uh, then that cost at the very least has to be borne by the beneficiaries as well. Because right now, like we're getting it on both sides. Like if you want to have your own firearm, you have to go pay for it. You know, if you think that you're actually going to be appreciably safer from gun violence by having a gun of your own, which by the way, gun statistics do not play out. You are not any safer for having a firearm. You're actually, uh, you're less safe for for being a gun owner from gun violence. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are most likely to die from a self-inflicted wound, whether through suicide or through uh, accidental discharge. So, and and that's that's not my opinion on it either. Like, I don't wish that it were that way, but uh, the FBI and every every law enforcement and health health agency uh, in the country every year is DOD stats like these are these are not parties yeah these are not parties that have any vested interest in presenting like these grim statistics they don't want it to be that way either but uh at some point we have to grapple with that reality that uh the model that is being sold to us to keep us safe and independent by being a a an armed society is not actually playing out that way. And the rest of the world is leaving us behind in that regard. I don't think that I feel any freer or safer for it either. Here's how I think we solve the problem, right? Screw NFTs, screw cryptocurrency. We'll just make guns the official currency of America. <laughs> At that point, since it's the only currency, right? Not even the dollar. Rich people will just start hoarding all the guns. All of the guns will just get put in bunkers. <laughs> no, eggs, are, eggs are already expensive enough. I don't want to have to bring a block to the grocery store just to fucking barter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, yeah, but the rich people, they take all of them, and then we don't got to worry about it because all the poor people don't have guns anymore. So, One... No, no more things on this. We have to get moving because we're <laughs> we're running long. But it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm very much enjoying it. Um, uh, Derek, you said we need to grapple with reality. Speaking of someone needing to grapple with reality, Clarence Thomas, um, he was discovered to have received a oh, oh, two hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars in 1999 from a billionaire named Anthony Welters. This was to buy a luxury motor coach which i'm assuming is one of those giant buses that you can live in uh the brand is marathon for whatever that means uh the debt was forgiven by mr welters but miss uh clarence thomas's attorney says the loan was never forgiven any suggestion to the contra- contrary is false the thomases made all payments to mr welters on a regular basis until the terms of the agreement were satisfied in full that's uh, Elliot Burke. Where's the receipts? I want to see them. The thing is that when asked, was the principal paid in full? He refused to answer. So that's kind of fun. Um, he, uh, the Senate Finance Committee, their, their, uh, what they found in the paper trail was that he never made payments to 
welters in excess of the interest of the loan. And then just, it magically just disappeared. So there's two quotes from uh, law professors that I could read, or we can move along to a big win. Ford and the United Auto Workers, they get a tentative deal that was on the night of the 25th. The, so they're still, they still need to ratify it, but it was agreed in, in principle. Uh, the Ford union workers, the Ford guys are going back to work. Uh, they're getting a 25% wage increase over the next four and a half years before, when they renegotiate. Um, lower pay tiers are being removed for certain, I don't know, aspects of the assembly assembly shop. It's So something that I found interesting that I didn't know was that the union had made concessions in 2007 when there was that all the financial crisis they made concessions to help the companies save money and uh it's been uh, pulling teeth to get them to agree to anything but uh president and ceo of ford jim farley seems to be happy with the deal uh, now gm gm and uh chrysler are on the they're on the clock so they they eliminated the lower pay tiers but uh... not the workers not the oh okay so the the workers are just getting paid more like, even okay. if you're like maybe i maybe it's like an an entry level apprentice kind of thing i'm not i'm not entirely certain the where i got this it didn't say what exactly uh-huh. or who exactly would be getting the lower tier pay pay tiers removed all right i always love some good news on on the union front yeah, yeah. glad to hear that oh goodness the presidential address regarding um, Israel, Palestine, that whole thing. Um, like um, Eddie up above or earlier, this needs time and attention. So I'm going to take us out on one piece of positive news that I was one that I was able to find as it relates to the U.S. Anyway, that's uh, in recent memory. The fires in Maui that destroyed uh, Lahaina. So there's a guy there. His name is William Fincher. He lost his home and he owned two restaurants in the city or in the town. Um, he was good friends with a like a general contractor uh, named Juan Ricci. Um, so here's what happened. Juan Ricci paid out of paid for Fincher's house to be rebuilt out of pocket. Um, the what was it they were building like tiny homes kind of like a temporary thing to pull them over until they could get more so there's another guy that jumps in uh javier barberi he owns a big a big plot of land out there and so what they did was they took this tiny home project for william fincher and his family and they've expanded it and now they're anyone who's displaced if they can if they need somewhere to stay they can stay with them in the like they're building kind of like a complex like basically an apartment complex i guess but i thought that was really nice Uh, there's a lot of community funding going into it um i know that the rock and oprah are doing like universal income for everyone in lahaina oh wow 1200 a month hell yeah Yeah, part of me part of me loves that for them because like that is unambiguously doing 
good for those people. And at the end of the day, that is what matters the most. Um, but there is also a part of me that is just like so fucking pissed off that, you know, we are punting these uh, that these guys have to do tests. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like this isn't. It's like the the classic like heartwarming heartwarming story. Oh. Uh, fucking eight year old child takes on part time job to pay <laughs> fellow classmates lunch debt, uh, so that their parents can be released from debtor's prison. And it's like, oh, there's a so subreddit sweet. for this. It's called yeah, yeah. Orphan <laughs> Crushing Machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, local student yeah. pays uh, $5,000 to stop the orphan crushing machine from operating for a day. Right. Because, <laughs> Why like, the okay. fuck is there an orphan crushing uh, okay, machine? So, like, the, yeah, and that's the thing. Is like the happy headline here is like, okay, these people who, through no fault of their own, who suffered are going to have some relief. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of it, or like another way to frame the same story, and like, God, God help me for like ending on this note, but is like, okay, in a world where millions of people are fucking suffering similarly, a billionaire decides that some lucky people don't because, yeah. I don't know, because it's in their backyard, right? Well, yeah. the rock is similar. Because the rich people don't want to have to look at, you know, the people being fucking miserable. And I know that that's, like, cynical and, and The rock is Samoan, and sure. Hawaiians, like, native Hawaiians are Polynesian as well, so... yeah. There, it's a little bit of a brotherhood kind of thing for him. Yeah. For Oprah, it's probably a tax write-off. I so, mean, it's definitely I'll, a tax write-off. It's Oprah. It's Oprah. Everyone to believe. Me, Go on. Sorry. To to me, it just feels like it's feeding into the myth of of capitalist philanthropy. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Um, like, oh, yeah, look at how see. They made all that money and now they're giving back to the community and it goes mm -hmm. and exactly what you said. Like, there's still all these other people that are. Or who's just who's that FTX just... guy? Sam something Freed? Oh, Bankman Freed? Yeah, Sam, yeah. yeah, he was actually that. He said, he was saying like that was his model. Was it, like he called it like a, a aggressive philanthropy or something or like affirmative philanthropy where he's going like, I'm going to screw all these people out of their money, but I'm going to use it to stop the orphan crushing machine for a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And of course, like, you know, by like two offshore bank accounts removed, he's probably also making money on the orphan crushing machine. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like it's 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 all just like one big fucking he has capitalist death cult circle jerk. His portfolio has a lot of hydraulic press companies, uh, completely unrelated yeah. to the orphan. Like yeah, we shit. just we just produce. Look, we just produce components. They for happen the to only be used by Orphan Crushing Machines Limited Incorporated, <laughs> a, a non-governmental subsidiary of uh, the Cayman Islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. They have a mailbox in the one address. Yeah. Now, let's get ourselves out of here. I got to keep putting positive news at the end because I, as shitty as this whole thing was i don't feel that shitty coming out of it isn't that wonderful <laughs> somebody gave me like a little wipey a little wipey to clean my mouth off thank you <laughs> all right so um network stuff i have a couple of other shows that run on the lux media network ultimate fucking casual um when you search it ultimate fn uh, that's where we talk mma hard shell tacos which i'm actually about to record in a few minutes um, that's me and my cousin. She and I were 
Uh, we live. We grew up in very traditionally strict Hispanic households. So, uh, being the oddities of those families made us interesting people. Now, and we say interesting things there. So that's kind of fun. Uh, besides boxing, that's besides boxing, right? Uh, Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou is tomorrow. Well, so we talk about that at length. And we also do Progressive Patriots where we, with the worldwide edition, as I refer to it. So that's kind of fun. Um, that In that, we uh, obviously delve into other situations going on in different parts of the world. The idea... I don't know if we'll get to it. I don't know if it if it's the best idea because I don't know if we could do it justice. But to really speak on the situation in Palestine and Israel, like how, where where do we start the timeline? How do I make this so that I'm not seeming like I'm favoring one group or the other? Because eh, I don't want to seem that way. Yeah, you know, I think really the value the value added for us is really our perspective as yeah. progressive veterans, right? That's so pretty much it. I think the the way you approach that is you really start by by grounding it in in those experiences and what we have learned about the value of humanity mm-hmm. and yeah. that really uh the delusion of us versus them of <laughs> you know the the idea yeah. of that there is enemy and there's good guys and there's bad guys and and all of that propaganda bullshit is is ultimately there to keep us at one another's throats like that is that is what the military industrial complex is is propped up to do and it's what imperialist capitalism uh derives most of its most profitable endeavors from because look uh and i don't i don't want to like go on a whole another fucking tirade but you know, it's it's really, uh, I think, our lived experience talking about breaking out of that mindset where, you know, we can all get sucked up into this uh, post 9-11 type fervor mm-hmm. where, you know, a uh, big, bad, scary thing happens. A real, real big, bad, scary thing happens. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just get sucked into this need to react and Make react with pay. violence. Yeah, and, and to lean into revenge and to lean into, you know, the worst impulses of, of humanity. <laughs> yep. And and having a longer uh, a longer sighted perspective on that, really learning from the lessons of of nine eleven that yeah, uh, you know Afghanistan. A lot a lot of people were a lot of our people who are, you know, as valuable and and deserving of safety and health and dignified lives as anybody else, uh, were needlessly slaughtered on a day in a place where a lot of people felt like they were safe. And that was a tragedy and thousands of people died. Uh, It did not justify the subsequent (laughs) decades of slaughter. Hundreds of of thousands. Hundreds of thousands, arguably millions of lives uh cut short or or prevented from even ever coming to fruition entire uh entire generations bloodlines families uh were cut short Mm -hmm. decades ago you know weddings hospitals orphanages that were bombed in 2002 (laughs) yeah you know yeah it was even an entire generation down the line (laughs) at this point 
of of valuable human lives that could be doctors, lawyers, laborers, artists. You know, you name it. Like there's no there's no quantifying the uh, exponential loss of humanity yeah. that comes from uh, an ethnic cleansing campaign. And the fact is, is that it makes uh, a small amount of people a whole lot of fucking money to make us uh, to convince us that we don't have to worry about that, to convince us that the answer is is just, you know, uh, react from a place of fear and <laughs> More abandon death. your values and abandon your humanity and abandon the humanity of other other people in pursuit of that fear. And uh, I think we have uh, a strong voice to reject that. Yes. Well put. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of what I want to get to on the worldwide. When, when we address Palestine, Gaza, West Bank, Israel, that, yeah. that's going to get its own thing. Like It's way too big to be just another bullet point. Totally. Um, so my favorite phrase, do the internet stuff, uh, that includes like interaction, interacting with social media posts, um, however you'd like to do it. If you do it, it really helps rating and reviewing, um, on some platforms you can rate and review individual episodes in others. You can't either way rating and reviewing really helps, um, socials, uh, contact options. I'll do that first for progressive patriots if you go to progressivepatriots.us that will bring you to the lux media page where the progressive patriots is housed and there is two contact options you could click the email or you could click the phone number the phone number you can call leave a voicemail if you want or you can text if you want it's anonymous it's unattended i don't even answer my own phone so there you go uh <laughs> socials lux media is lvx media net on everything if you can't find me i'm not on it two uh other groups that i wanted to highlight this isn't me endorsing them this is this is not them endorsing us common defense is um at common defense on twitter on instagram it's common underscore defense uh, another group that's local to me is vets forward it's um, VetsFWD on Instagram, Vets underscore FWD on Twitter. Now, we've we've gone pretty, like we've we've been we we went in today, <laughs> to say the least. So, do, do you have anything left? Parting words? Anything to plug? Anything you want to mention? Um, any catchy phrases you want to throw out? I'll uh, I'll thank everyone for listening. I appreciate. The, the two of you that are uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, please and find you a are good, so welcome <laughs> please find a good book to sit down and read and I'll uh, see you next time I've been wanting to do a book club podcast too now that I think about it absolutely I'll, I'll uh, second second Bryson's uh, gratitude for anybody and everybody who takes the time to listen to us rant and rave, uh, share our perspective. Obviously, we want uh, to hear y'all's as well. So don't be afraid to reach out to us, interact with us. Uh, we're all here just sharing our stories and our perspectives. I'm a flesh um, and blood I, human being just like you. That's right. That's right. Uh, strictly in our personal capacities. Um, yes. Although we do uh, work and volunteer uh, with Common Defense, we organize, we are every bit as committed to uh, really building and realizing the community and the solutions that we talk about 
here in our personal life uh, out in the real world too um, so if you are a veteran or you give two shits about one um, I recommend you check out commadefense.us um, and beyond that just uh, be kind be flexible and uh, keep an open mind alright thank you fellas for joining me this evening that's going to do it for this edition of the Progressive Patriots Thank you.